and uh, uh, thought this thought didn't really go so much with uh, Sunday school, but it was a thought that came to mind, so I thought we'd do it tonight. The theme of tonight's uh, presentation is we must guard against the know-it-all spirit that seeks supremacy in our relationship to others. In James chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we shall, who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Uh, as, as I work through the book of James, this certainly has implication for those that want to be pastors or teachers or Sunday school teachers. But I, I think that the primary emphasis is, is not teaching in the formal sense, but uh, a desire to teach with the aspect of, I know more than you do, and uh, I've got so much to share with you that uh, you're going to be awfully blessed to sit under my teaching. Uh, because the book of James is filled with statements about judgment and about judging one another. And it says, of course, that, that we who teach are going to be under a greater judgment. That's true, I think, of pastors and teachers. Uh, too much that has been given, much is required. Uh, certainly, uh, we need to be not just uh, speakers of the word. We need to be doers of the word, even as we saw in the life of the Apostle Paul this morning. But as you look through James, uh, we notice that the second half of the second verse says this, For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. So in James, this idea of perfection or, or maturity is not so much in your ability to teach as it is in keeping your tongue under control. James 1.26, that thought is introduced already when it says, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. So you think you're spiritual, but if you don't keep your tongue under control, well, that religiosity is not true religiosity at all. It's worthless. James 4 says, Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. So we're back to this aspect of judgment again and uh, the way in which we interact with one another. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? So this condemnatory spirit. James 5, 9, do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. So you put that all together, and I think this is talking about a judgmental spirit, uh, a know-it-all kind of individual that, that wants to to teach. So tonight, what we're going to emphasize is proper speech is directly related to true wisdom. Tonight, we're going to consider the contrast between true wisdom and false wisdom. First, the source of true wisdom. God gives wisdom to those who ask it. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. God gives wisdom freely to those who ask for it. If any of you lacks wisdom, then ask of God who gives generously. Uh, King James says liberally. The idea is that, that God is not tight-fisted when it comes to wisdom. Uh, he isn't interested in just hoarding 
wisdom for himself. Uh, he doesn't want to just lord it over us that he is wise and we are not, but he generously shares his wisdom with us. What is curious is this next statement. God gives wisdom graciously to those who ask for it. If any of you ask, ask wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all, and now this, without finding reproach, uh, says the ESV, NIV, without finding fault, without finding fault. Uh, so when God imparts wisdom, he does so in such a way that he doesn't make us feel like fools. Uh, he, he is not trying to demonstrate his supremacy in our inadequacy. Uh, many teachers, unfortunately, especially those that are informal teachers, uh, like to flaunt their knowledge. Uh, uh, they use pedantry, okay? Uh, pedantry is the ostentatious show of knowledge. My use of pedantry is pedantry, all right? Uh, people use words that people don't understand in order to have a sense of superiority. Uh, they don't particularly want to be understood. <laughs> they, they use it as a means of suppressing other individuals. Foucault is a French philosopher, and uh, his basic tenet was that uh, people use language as a weapon, uh, that uh, the elite uh, use language to keep other people in their place, to keep them under subjection. Well, here, God is not trying to make us look or feel foolish. That's not what a person who is really interested in imparting wisdom does. They're not interested in trying to make other people look foolish or demonstrating their supremacy. They're interested in really helping other people to understand. Fourthly, God does, in fact, give wisdom to those who ask for it, not a facsimile, okay, not a uh, cheap counterfeit. He actually gives it, which in the text is wisdom. So the wisdom he imparts is true wisdom, not uh, earthly wisdom or a false wisdom. Number two, true wisdom and contrasted with false wisdom. True wisdom is characterized by humility. James 3.13, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Wisdom should be meek, not arrogant. Uh, you probably know the verse of scripture from Corinthians that says that knowledge puffs up. Uh, that's the wrong use of knowledge or wisdom to uh, try to inflate ourselves, but rather uh, true wisdom is manifested in meekness. How that meekness is shown back in James 1.21, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So here the weakness or meekness is the willingness to receive the word, which stands in contrast to the individual who's interested in delivering the word. All right? Uh, if you're going to be a teacher, you better be teachable. 
If you are interested in imparting wisdom, you ought to be a seeker of wisdom. I remember we had some interesting people come before the ministerial candidate committee over the years uh, that uh, wanted to be pastors in the Biofellowship Church. And one such individual came and uh, he just had a certain air about him. Uh, He just came across as arrogant. And I really didn't know what to do with this guy. I was just sitting there talking to him. And and, uh, so I finally got around to uh, asking him, uh, how do you go about preparing a sermon? And uh, he looked at me and he said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, tell me the process. Uh, Tell me your study habits. What, What do you do uh, when you want to prepare a message. And uh, he looked at me and he said, I pray. I said, well, that's good. Uh, he said, I ask God for understanding, and he gives it. And I said, well, uh, do you ever consort uh, 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 any commentaries, or do you, do you look for any study helps? And he said, no. He said, I only own four books. He said, God teaches me. And I said, oh, okay. And I said, brother, uh, if that's how you feel, and God teaches you, why are you teaching anybody else? Uh, Why don't you just send them to God? Uh, Why don't you just let God instruct them, rather than you instruct them? Uh, If you don't have anything to learn from anyone else, why do you think anyone has something to learn from you? Now, I didn't give that last part. I kind of let them work through that in their own mind, but... Uh, the idea here is that a uh, true wisdom is, is meek, it's, it's receptive, it is, it is teachable. Whereas false wisdom is characterized by pride. Uh, false wisdom looks down upon others. But if you have bitter jealousy, uh, there the, the aspect is that, that you're, you're, you're trying to uh, get an advantage over someone else. Okay, trying to get an advantage over someone else. A false wisdom is uh, self-promoting, but really that statement ought to go with, with what's under number three, where it says do not boast. Okay, the, the idea of, of self-promotion, of wanting to put on display your knowledge, your wisdom, Oftentimes, uh, you know, in our culture, it's done by uh, flaunting one's degrees, uh, talking about one's achievements, one's accomplishments, uh, letting people know that you're in the know, that you, you are more than qualified uh, to be an expert in this particular uh, situation. And uh, you make it known that uh, people uh, ought to uh, listen up when, when we speak. Uh, and then this aspect of ruling over others, selfish ambition. Uh, it's about getting ahead. It's about uh, getting for ourselves rather than helping others. Three, the source of true wisdom and false wisdom contrasted. False wisdom does not come from God. Uh, James 3.15, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, earthly. Uh, 
What is meant by that is false wisdom comes from humanistic attainments. Uh, that's a, a part of what it means to be, to be earthly. Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, not according to Christ. Um, it is always a challenge in teaching the Word of God to bring the contrast between what is considered wisdom by our culture, our society, and what the Bible puts forth as, as wisdom. Uh, it is very, very difficult to separate what is generally accepted as true in our culture and keep that from influencing our understanding of truth as taught in the scriptures. Uh, for example, I'm, I'm talking about prayer in Sunday school class, and uh, a lot of what I'm talking about is trying to uh, do away with some myths that have to do with prayer because they are commonly accepted truths that seem to make common sense that are widely held uh, even by those who aren't Christians when it, they come to think about, about uh, prayer. It is very difficult to divorce yourself from everything that you have been taught and uh, that you have uh, been exposed to and put that on hold and come to the scriptures and find something that is vastly different. But uh, you know the, the passage, your, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are, are not your ways. But it is a huge, huge challenge to uh, have the, the discipline to receive the word of God and uh, allow it to form our thinking and reform our thinking. See, false wisdom does not lead to spirituality. It is unspiritual. It's unspiritual. Uh, it doesn't help us in our attainments before God. Uh, we were talking about this morning, false teachers. And the things that they do uh, seem to have some wisdom. The touch not, taste not, handle not uh, sounds spiritual. But uh, it doesn't attain uh, what is the, the goal. And usually what false... Um, religion does is it promotes uh, pride and a judgmental spirit. Uh, false religion puffs people up. They look at other people and say, we are more spiritual than these other individuals. Where true religion <laughs> looks at uh, one's life, and the Apostle Paul said, I'm all, all men chief sinners. Okay? He wasn't standing in judgment over other people and in their conduct, but he was putting himself in the same position as other people. Um, of course, the Pharisees and Jesus uh, giving that uh, parable that we looked at in Sunday school two weeks ago of the Pharisee who is thankful that he's not like other men. Uh, he fasts. He pray, He does all these things. And you have the publican who simply stands there and says, be merciful unto me, a sinner. And God says, that's the one who went down justified. That's the one who went down declared to be, to be righteous. So it doesn't result in true spirituality. False wisdom is a tool of the evil one. It is demonic. Uh, there is nothing that Satan 
desires more than to promote false religion. Uh, to get people to be satisfied in their religious attainments or in their uh, standing apart from Jesus Christ. Uh, to, to have people that are quote-unquote good people, uh, that are living quote-unquote good lives. And we all know those kind of people that go to church, that are living pretty moral lives, who are good neighbors, but they have failed to come into a, a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And many times, those people are the hardest to reach because they don't see a need of a Savior. They, they feel pretty confident. Okay, we're, we're pretty good as they look at other people around them and realize that, that they're not doing a lot of stuff that other people are doing. Therefore, uh, they feel pretty comfortable in their relationship with God. Well, that's of the evil one. That's not of God. The product of false wisdom and true wisdom contrasted. False wisdom results in the promotion of every kind of evil, James 3.16. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. True wisdom results in the promotion of every kind of good. But the wisdom from above is first pure. Uh, it's pure. And then we have these characteristics. It's pure. Uh, then the next one is peaceable. I didn't underline that one, but that's the, the second one, peaceable. Uh, it, it isn't seeking to be divisive. Uh, people uh, again try to get a following by creating uh, unrest, by um, creating discord. As I say, that's how uh, they get followers, as opposed to trying to be peacemakers. It, rather than stressing what we have in common, stressing what we have in difference. And one of the issues we face today, even within uh, Christian academia, is that um, maybe you've heard the old adage, publish or perish, uh, you need to uh, write if you're going to be a person of academic standard and status. And so uh, professors need to write, and they need to write in their area. And uh, of course they have to get somebody to read it, and so they uh, tend to assign their book <laughs> to the students that they, they teach. Well, that's all in good, but usually there's a better book out there. Usually there's somebody that has more understanding than that particular one individual. There are classics out there that unfortunately a lot of young people are not exposed to because teachers are promoting their own works. They're promoting their own books. They're promoting their own understanding. Rather than to share with their students what is the very best material available, a lot of times they don't even reference it. They don't even let their students aware that, that it exists. Okay, um, Gentle. Gentle as opposed to harsh. The next one, open to reason. Open to reason. Um, not just arbitrary. Not just dictatorial. Not simply saying, believe this because I say this. But being open to challenge. 
One of the reasons that I like to do handouts and one of the reasons I teach the way I do is I state a point and then I give you the verse and I underline it to say this is where it comes from. Okay, And it's to give you the opportunity to look at what I just said and look at the Bible verse and say, well, it's not what it says. Okay, If that's what he's basing that on, well, I don't think that's what that says. Well, if it's not what it says, don't listen to what I say. Okay, Listen to what the Word of God says. It is to be reasonable. It is to make sense. Okay, it is to be understandable. Uh, it is the false teacher that is a dictator that that uh, doesn't want you to study, doesn't want you to read. You know, um, the Roman Catholic Church for years taught that the layperson could not understand the scriptures, therefore don't read it. Uh, just take the word of the Pope. Uh, just take the word of the church. Uh, that stands in such contrast to the book of Acts, where the Bereans were more noble because they searched the scriptures daily to see whether or not these things are so. So reasonable is, is huge. Full of mercy, compassion, good fruits, good fruits. Uh, impartial, meaning not to use the teaching as a way of gaining an advantage, way of gaining an advantage. Um, in uh, the beginning of the book of James, it's talking about receiving people that are uh, rich and giving them the places of honor and uh, taking people of low uh, estate and putting them uh, at your footstool. Okay? So that wisdom, wisdom is impartial. Uh, church should be lo looking for people with wisdom as opposed to looking for people with status. Okay? Uh, the elder in the church shouldn't be the richest man in the church necessarily, or the person of the greatest prominence. Okay, the question is, are they spiritual? Uh, are they really truly committed to the Lord Jesus Christ? We should be making decisions not based on status or what can that person do for me, uh, what advantage can I get from elevating that particular individual as opposed to looking for what is uh, actually impartial. And then uh, the last is sincere, meaning without wax, uh, without uh, uh, feigned, uh, authentic, real, genuine, um, trustworthy. Uh, people that, that believe what they teach as opposed to the scripture talking about those that teach for filthy lucre's sake. Uh, people that teach certain things for money, uh, teach certain things uh, for a position. I remember again interviewing uh, uh, an individual uh, that wanted to uh, pastor with us. Uh, he was in a church, uh, not a part of our denomination, and uh, they were asking him to leave, so he was kind of pretty frantically looking for a place, and he hadn't even read our Articles of Faith when he contacted me and uh, said, are there any openings in the Biofellowship Church? And I said, well, yes, there are. And uh, he said, well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to be a pastor in the Biofellowship Church. And I said, well, I need to ask uh, some questions. And one of the things I asked him is what his position was on baptism. You know, did he hold to uh, baptism by immersion or uh, infant baptism or what? And so I said to him, brother, I said, what's your position on baptism? He said, what should it be? Uh, 
You know, we're not looking for somebody that can mimic what we, uh, our position is, you know, and just stand up and defend what the position is of the church. We're looking for somebody who actually holds that particular position, who actually holds that as a uh, conviction, uh, as opposed to a convenience. Uh, so uh, true wisdom is, is sincere, authentic, genuine, uh, that uh, people are really behind what it is that they are, are saying. So the conclusion, there's a lot of false wisdom out there. Uh, we should not be taken in by it. Uh, we uh, should not seek after it, but we should be seeking the wisdom that comes from God. And that kind of wisdom is far, far different than uh, the wisdom of this world. Uh, one of the, the biggest differences is this aspect of meekness, this aspect of, of being teachable, uh, of being a student, okay? Uh, before you ever become a teacher, you ought to be a student. And as a teacher, you better be a student. Uh, you better constantly be learning, uh, constantly seeking other people's understanding so that we can hone our own understanding and teach better. Uh, that is far different than a know-it-all spirit of which James uh, stands in condemnation. Uh, so let us be, be careful. Uh, let us not want to demonstrate our spiritual superiority by our ornate way of speaking and wanting to promote ourselves as teachers, but let us show our spiritual understanding in the way in which we live our lives, humbly, meekly, uh, and uh, wanting to bring glory to God as opposed to bringing glory to ourselves. May God give us real wisdom. Let's pray. Our Father, help us. Uh, you have said, if we pray for wisdom, you will grant us wisdom. Help us, Lord, uh, to really receive uh, the wisdom that comes from you. And uh, Lord, guard our hearts and minds. Uh, if we are indeed privileged with uh, various responsibilities and duties, may they not go to our head. Uh, may we not uh, use positions of authority for self-advancement, but may we use whatever opportunities uh, we have uh, afforded us to be a help to others. Uh, to be not lords over people's faith, as Corinthians says, but a helper of one another's faith. Uh, Lord, use us in the lives of others. Keep us from a judgmental and condemning spirit, uh, but Lord, uh, help us to uh, see that uh, we all stand in need of your grace constantly. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, and you are dismissed.